Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we caught up with recently retired, say very recently, this weekend, Richard Johnson, four-time champion jockey, told us why he's decided to uh, call it a day after 30 years in the saddle and almost 4,000 winners. Uh, We also uh, spoke to the author of a fascinating new book on the handshake, the history of the handshake and its place in sport and elsewhere, which we very much enjoyed. Uh, You voted for your favourite clip of the month, so you'll get a chance to hear those if you weren't able to listen today. And, of course, Andy and I caught up with the weekend's football. So, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everyone. And, oh, what a great weekend's football. Got off to a fabulous start. I told you those 12.30 kickoffs. Mm. Chelsea are just hopeless in those. And this was super hopeless. West Brom, well done to them. They gave us a right thrashing, didn't they? And uh, I was thinking, though, Callum Robinson, he, he loves playing against Chelsea. He's, he's only ever scored against Chelsea. Really? So I was thinking, well, it's worth six points a season. We should <laughs> sign him. We should. Take him out of the game. Just stick him in the resis. <laughs> Over a third of Albion's goals this season yeah. have come against Chelsea. Honestly, talk about can we play you every week? Did you see? Oh, did you see that little bit of footage they showed on Match of the Day too of Sam um, when he we went up? Uh, he said, "Oh, we won't be on last tonight, will we?" And no, we were no. sort of joking, and uh, they said, "Well, you know, it surprised everybody." He said, "To be honest, it surprised me. I mean, it was a shock, a shock of result. Oh, a shocking! Yeah. Acker, a bl- blaster, wasn't it? it ridiculous, though. But he said, uh, Allardyce I said it was down to the quality of our performance being better than Chelsea, and none of that rubbish about Chelsea did go down to ten men. And uh, Chelsea had an off day, not because they were poor, but because we were so good. I was thinking, all right, mate, all right, calm down. Wait <laughs> till your next game when you're not playing eleven dustbins. I thought I've never <laughs> seen. Thought... It was one of the worst Chelsea performances. <laughs> I've ever seen that. And it's a funny club, Chelsea, isn't it? And all that stuff the next day about fights in training and uh, this one fell out with that one and this one. Who in that dressing room is leaking like mad? Every single journalist had it. They all had it. So whoever Somebody who's not them, happy, clearly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody who's got everybody's number. I thought it was amazing, really. So it's a very difficult club to manage, you know. One, I mean, he's done well, Tuchel, but that was a p- poor performance. But like, mm. you'd think that the whole of these 
the time there had been like that, you know. Anyway, we'll move on from Chelsea. Spurs yeah. weren't much better, were they? No, they <laughs> weren't really. No, they were. Uh, there was just that classic game, wasn't it? Of course, where they they give a team with no confidence confidence by letting them have a lot of the ball and uh, can't hold on to a lead. We're going to talk later on about um, the real similarities at the moment between uh, Holland uh, and Kane in their respective club careers because uh, mm. yeah, they're both at a bit of a crossroads, but both could end up staying. But it depends. But anyway, we'll be chatting about that later on with Andy Brassel. And uh, I was watching a bit of the... Oh, no, I just want to make a uh, Alison's moustache, sensational. It's a, it's a, it's a real old-school tash, isn't it? I, I had to check my calendar. I thought November had come early. <laughs> sensational. <laughs> and uh, I watched the boat race, which was... Oh, it was grim. Was it? What was the... Oh, it was pointless. It was this horrible straight course in the well, middle it's the of the field. Mate. It's not going to have a chicane in it, is it? <laughs> it's just, it's not like the Thames, is it? You know, the mm. whole point of the Thames is it has bends. And so, you know, you have to get ahead. So, you know, you start going around, running around a track. But Claire Balding at the end of it, she was talking, she went, all that training, if you don't win, you've wasted your life. I was thinking, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? You've been in a boat race. Not that many people have ever competed in a boat race. You've yeah. actually wasted your life. I thought it was a very strange Also, comment. when you consider that most of the people in it are 35-year-old American hedge fund managers, they'd probably be sitting there in their big houses in Surrey with it looking at their swimming pool saying, I don't massively feel I've wasted my life. <laughs> probably true. And uh, Stuart Atwell's hair was good, wasn't it? It was a bit of a... Oh, yeah. uh, I think he was a, he's starring in the remake Make a taxi driver. I think I think it could be Ryan's daughter (laughs) coming, holding up a lobster um, in the dressing room to the assistant referees. It was it was definitely very much a home cut, wasn't it? Somebody said, "What setting did uh, you put that on?" Oh, I I thought I'm sure you said one. Wow, it was vicious, wasn't it? It was. It was Mm. severe, and uh, it was another another case of Summer Monty's Fulham completely self-destructed. Honestly, they're a funny team, Fulham, aren't they? They were in charge in that game as soon as they conceded that was the end of the game really weird but uh, I think they are going to go down no question about it you think so you uh, think this is Newcastle staying up you think this was a bit of a oh, think, key weekend I think they will I think it's going to be hard for Fulham they, they play well but they just don't kind of you know don't seem to get anywhere and not doesn't seem to be improving so oh. yeah uh, Jonathan Pierce, he's got this thing that Edward Mendy and Benjamin Mendy they're, they're Mendy's aren't they but well, they are they're both Mond- Mendy's <laughs> he calls the yeah, but he's not he calls them Mondy's I don't like Mondis, personally. <laughs> we didn't have he to worry about funny. it. This Mondi. It's, a very, it's a very French pronunciation. Mm. Actually, I quite like the idea of being Max. I think I shall retweet uh, bits of people slagging me off. Oh, okay. And take great pleasure mm. in it. It'd be marvellous. You do that. That's a very good idea. But I have to say a word for West Ham. I mean, you have to think, really, they are the favourite to finish fourth now. There's only eight games to go. They're more consistent than Chelsea and Spurs. I haven't ruled out Liverpool now. They, they're showing signs of life. They played really well on Saturday yeah. night. So, you know, uh, they, they've had, they're consistent. They, they've done well. Moyes has done well. And our two teams are just, I don't know what they are, really. It's... You know, I mean, that. I think you're a touch more consistent than Spurs. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, you know, you can put a run. Look at Liverpool. Everybody was saying Liverpool aren't going to make top four. Mm. Now they've put a couple of wins together yeah. and, and it's all looking very different, isn't it? They're right on the cusp of it. So, But uh, that was a shocking performance by Chelsea. I, I, that, this set of players has got that in them. I don't know what it is, but there you go. Oh. That's the way it is. Anyway, uh, we've got a huge game for Liverpool tonight. It probably helped by the fact that there's no Rafa Varane, as you were just uh, hearing in the news there. He's, he's been tested positive for the virus and... 
will not be playing yeah. this evening. We're going to look at both the matches. It's such a tough call. Tonight. Which game do you watch? I mean, they've both got... You know, you have to weigh it out. I don't like watching one on a on an iPad or on a laptop. You never end no. up watching either game. You I think Real Madrid-Liverpool will be more of a game. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Four-time uh, champion jockey Richard Johnson surprised everybody at the weekend by uh, calling it a day career-wise at Newton Abbott at the uh, weekend. And we're very pleased to say he joins us now. Richard, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you all? Yes, well, um, we spoke We spoke to Paddy Power early on, who, who uh, sends you his best, and you won him a few quid and lost him a few quid over the years. So, <laughs> But we, we got chatting about... Um, uh, the decision and uh, you, you've you've taken the the Ruby Walsh approach really just deciding not making uh, not making it public before AP did and I and, you know uh, Paddy was saying he wonders whether AP would do it the same way because every time he went to a course it was the last time he'd be here it was the last time he'd be there did you make a conscious decision to say look I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody really apart from the inner circle and I'm just going to do it yes yeah, for me I thought that was the right thing like if, if I'd um you know, if I'd been, have, have, you know, if I was in the running for the, the championship this year, um, the jockey championship, I, I probably would have, would have, you know, you know, almost, well, I definitely would have waited till Sandown at the end of the season and and, and well, obviously tried to win that, and, and and then maybe it might have become slightly more public knowledge along the way. But I, I just felt that, yeah, for me, I was I was really keen to ride at Cheltenham Festival, and obviously, unfortunately, with Tyne Hill, he went wrong um, for Philip Hobbs, but Native River. You know, I still felt he had a, a great chance in the Gold Cup. He unfortunately finished fourth. Uh, he didn't win. If, if he'd have won, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have definitely bowed out then. Mm. Um, but because I'd made the decision inconsciously in my own mind, um, I felt that yeah, it was the right thing to do. And and they say I, I just I wanted to get off the horse and say thank you very much. And you know, for, for me that was the right step. But it, it you know it completely depends on you know every every individual. Sure. And you weren't tempted by one more Grand National, one more go. 
Well, I've, I've had 21 goes, and I, unfortunately, I've, I've been <laughs> twice. I, I haven't managed it, so I'm not sure 22 would have would, would have would have made a difference. But if um, again, if, if you know, if I if I had a very very good ride in the race, again, I probably would have. You know, again, it was it was just trying to weigh up what what the the best option was. And Cheltenham for me was the you know, which is the for me the the place where you know we all want to have winners, and obviously want to have winners every day. But that's the the main place. And yeah, Native River in the Gold Cup. Um, he's been a favourite of mine, and, and uh, yeah, I wanted to try and try and have one more go on him in that. And and that then I decided, yeah, you know, I thought that you know it was probably the right thing to do it before entry rather than you know almost carry on, carry on, and. Um, you, you go any further. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, you may be aware that boxer Carl Frampton retired uh, at the weekend. And re- hearing him after the fight and reading some of your comments after your decision uh, on Saturday was, was interesting. I mean, the, the real parallels, talking a lot about how the sport keeps you away from your family and how much you, you sometimes feel you miss out on because you're not there in those formative years because you're, you're riding away from home. And I think that there, there, there seem to be parallels there. And it, I think it's quite a common theme amongst people in sport. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, in sport, you, you, you generally, you know, you, you've got to be very focused on, on what you're doing. And I'm very lucky, and I'm sure Kyle is as well. Do you mean your family supports you and, and they want you to, to do well and do your best? Um, but at the same time, that comes at a price, you know. You, you know, with with racing, I, I'm away through the winter, sort of seven days a week. I, I often leave before it gets light, and I when I get home, it's dark. So, you know, with three children now, you know, and my wife, you know, it, it just it felt like I was getting to the point where, you know, they they sacrificed enough for me, really, and I think probably it needs to it needed to change. And, and again, it was just everything almost has come to a head at the right time. And so for me, I'm, I'm again, you know, a few days afterwards, very happy with the decision and. Um, yeah, looking forward to you know a slightly different way of life. Looking at your career stats, I mean the two Cheltenham Gold Cups, of course, stand out and three thousand eight hundred eighteen uh, jump winners. <laughs> but I see they've got four flat winners, <laughs> which uh, yeah. not bumpers. We're talking about actual flat races. Yeah, well, well, yeah, they were, but they were actually not quite. Um, well, um, I think three was was as an amateur, and then one one was in a, a jump jockey's flat race. So. So yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't quite doing sort of eight stone at Royal Ascot. It was um, yeah, it was, uh, when I, it was very early in my career, and, and then um, yeah, a Goodwood one day in a, in, a, in a jump jockey sort of flat race, which they have in the summer, which is, is great fun. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll ever class myself as a flat jockey. <laughs> it was quite a weekend for the family. So your brother-in-law also decided to retire at the weekend at Newton Abbott. Yeah, well, we had a, we, we, were, we were chatting in, in the weekend. Obviously, my wife and my family knew, and my agent and my mate. Philip Hobbs obviously knew as well, and, mm. um, and then uh, so I sort of made the decision that yeah, this weekend would definitely be my last. And um, and he said, yeah, I think you know his best horse, uh, Karen Maribel, was running. And he said, yeah, I think you know I'm ready as well. Which we you know, which we're, we're, unfortunately we're both at that sort of age where you know that 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 has to come to a point. And um, so yeah, I, I, we we suddenly realised that yeah, it could well be in, on the same day, but then actually obviously ended up being in the same race, which was. Um, yeah, um, you, you, I don't think you could even dreamt of, of that happening. So, uh, so yeah, I think mm. I think both, you know, my wife and my sister-in-law are um, pro- probably re- slightly relieved relieved now as well. Um, you've probably given it some thought, but what what do you think at the moment you will miss, and what won't you miss? Um, look, I'll, I'll, I'll miss the riding and the competitiveness, and obviously the winners. You know, the winners are what we all, um, you know, any I think anybody in competitive sport, it's that winning buzz or feeling that you you. You know, I'm not going to be able to recreate that, and I and I, you know, I'm fully aware of that. And um, 
but yeah, you know, just again, you know, being away from the family and and, and the long drives, you know, up to Perth one day, down to Newton Abbot the next. Um, you know, I, I won't miss the, the miles on the road. And um, like I say, I, I'm you know obviously delighted to have that more, much more time now with with my family and and sort of yeah, ho- hopefully look forward to um, a bit, bit more of a normal life. And 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 uh, the injuries, I'm sure, took their toll as they do on on many jockeys. Yeah, I think that's again, it's a part and parcel of the job, really. And, and we've always thought that as long as as long as they heal, that's not a problem. You know, it's obviously you know there's certain things that can't heal, so you you know you're always a bit wary of things like that. But you know, as long as it's a, a broken bone, it'll heal. You know, you're always asking the doctor, you know, how soon can I be back rather than anything else. So you know that that's part of it and yeah unfortunately my body um I, I don't i don't jump out of bed quite as much as quickly now as I, I used to when i was in my 20s so it's you know all those things um added to the, the decision i suppose and um but i think i've been I, you know i believe i've been very very fortunate to mm. you know i've had an amazing time and done what i've you know as, as a child i i dreamt of so you know i think you know i'm just very very fortunate to do that and i feel very lucky to have had that opportunity and uh, again, I, you know, I, 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 you know, it'll t- take me about two years to get around all the people that have helped me and, and thank them for, you know, the support that they've given me. So it's, um, yeah, I, I just feel hugely lucky to be honest. Are you planning to stay in and around racing? Um, yeah, well, hopefully, um, I, I've, I've already started breeding racehorses, um, sort of six or eight years ago, and um, that's something I'm hoping I can, I can still be involved with. You know, obviously, it will keep me involved um, and probably grow a little bit, and then. Um, it's one of those things. I think when, when you're, a, especially a professional sportsman, when you think about retirement, I think you know, we don't like to talk about it anyway. And um, I, I think I, I felt that um, I'm at home, living on my family farm anyway. So um, I'll be involved with that. But um, what, I thought when, once I retire, then I'll hopefully see what options are available. And, and yeah. fingers crossed, we can keep in the racing industry as much as possible because it's, it's it's what I love doing. And others have moved into the media area as well, including AP and Ruby. Is that something that interests you? Yeah, um, uh, well, you know, it's it's it sort of interests me. It's whether, like you say, with, with AP and Ruby already, um, you know, it's like Fitzgerald. <laughs> it, it's um, it, it, yeah, they're, they're running out of positions, I think. But um, but hopefully, I'll be able to sort of yeah, you know, especially at the big meetings, you know, there's there's hopefully room for for for, for, for some, a bit of work for me as well. But um, I think the most important thing for me is, um, yeah, you know, hopefully having a, a slightly slower slower lifestyle now and. and um, you know, having that time at home and sort of, you know, it's been it's been really nice to read. I mean, I'm, um, yeah, feel slightly embarrassed at what you know the the, the coverage over the last three or four days that mm. um, I've had, and then you know it's, it's obviously um, very flattering, and and you know I just feel very privileged to have had the career I've had and, and had the support of everybody really, and that goes from trainers, owners to you know the media and um, the, the race goers that you know I know they can't at the moment, but you know that, that used to come racing day in day out and you know, it's a huge part of, of racing the, you know, the public, you know, that, you know, we have missed the public over the last 12 months and, you know, fingers crossed the, the world will get back to normal hopefully very soon. Well, uh, congratulations Absolutely. on a, an amazing career, Richard. Thanks very much Wonderful for joining career. us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago I said to you that people will start writing these articles about... Uh, I, t- I quoted the bloke that said he'd forgotten how to carry a tray of beers across the pub car park. Yeah. I said, no, you haven't. So they're still coming out. This woman in the Guardian, she wrote this. this is, the rules have eased, but I've completely forgotten how to socialise. No, you haven't. Shut up. <laughs> just talking, isn't it? It's just you, talking. You haven't, forgot, you haven't forgotten how to write an article out of nothing. Really. The rules have eased, this. but I've realised like, I'm just pull another article like this out of my backside. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. It is. I, I call this columnist fodder. Yeah. It's incredible that where the columnist writes about the minutiae of their life and you're supposed to be interested in it. So in the mail on Sunday, there's this one. Uh, this woman wrote, uh, it being Easter, I've been buying hot cross buns. Well, you would do. It's Easter. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I picked up a couple of delicious homemade ones for my menfolk. Who cares? <laughs> oh, David ate his, I imagine, happily. So I bought some more a few days, days later. Oh, yeah. Oh, he said as he rummaged in the bread bin. I see you've brought more hot cross buns. He's about as observant as you are, isn't he, really? <laughs> I sense the purchase wasn't made met with glee. I'd hope that <laughs> put that down to his anxiety about waiting for a second jab. What, that he didn't fancy a crock cross bun? <laughs> Honestly. Well, uh, you know, it's, anyway, it's, I won't it, read any more, but you, you get the idea. Out. When you can't go out, there's, you know, you've got this. Talking of hot cross buns, Andy, what about this? I wonder if she, I wonder if uh, David would like these, whoever he is. Uh, rock hard, 214-year-old hot cross bun. Um, oh, really? Yeah, 1807. They reckon it's the world's oldest. Wow. World's oldest hot cross bun. Um, and it's owned by... They're quite hard to start with after about a day. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. that well. That's right. I mean, this is well over sell by. I'll be, I'll be taking this one back to M and S. But it's uh, Andrew Munson of Colchester owns it. I don't know what he plans to do with it. Sort of knock someone out with it. Use it as some sort of odd frisbee. Two hundred and fourteen year old uh, hot cross bun. Probably in the days when they were one a penny, two a penny. Marvellous, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's very true. And Apple are working on new headphones, little pods, that direct wearers as they walk so they don't have to look where they're going. This is for people who are so desperate to be texting every second of the day. Mm. You now won't even have to look up. Your your ear pods will just say to you... uh, Andy Jacobs walking towards you with a cattle prod. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Honestly. He's been waiting for this moment for weeks. Yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? I won't be buying those either. No. Um, I haven't always been a massive fan of all Freddie Flintoff's TV shows that they oh, okay. got him to do. But no, some Top Gear is great and some of the things have been terrific. But there's been a few like him in a chip shop and all that. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but anyway, this okay, one sounds. Uh, they won't be making the a second real... season of that for well, you then, clearly. Not, sure, not for me, but for me, this one sounds great, which is basically Freddie's first 11, mm. and he's going to take a bunch of celebrities, teach them how to play cricket, and they're going to be a team. I think that sounds like quite a fun idea that he's well qualified to do, so yeah. I'll definitely be watching. Who I, will I, they I, play I, against? Players of a similar, or will they play against like, India or something? I mean, have they got to play against, <laughs> they got to play against a team of ex-pros, yeah. and that won't be easy, will it? <laughs> the West Indies team from the 70s. When we turn out for the Bundries and sort of Alan Mullally bowl one at me off at sort of half pace and I've managed to get a bit of bat on it and he obviously thought second ball oh he's alright he can play he clearly didn't know that I was terrible so the, next, the run was slightly longer and it seemed to be going about 85 mile an hour so you've got to be so careful if you suddenly you know plus I mean that, yeah it'd be interesting to see who they play whether they just play another sort of village team or whether they play against I imagine they'll play against old pros won't they because that's yeah. much more 
of a telly idea, you would think. You know, but you don't well, it's want... got to, yeah, it's got to be a game. It's no good if they you teach them to be, and then yeah. they're brilliant, and then they play sort of an under twelve team slaughter. Them. No, that's pretty much of a program, really. Anyway, and, um, oh, oh, we got yeah, some we clips got of the month. Fight. Yeah, clips oh, of good. the month for oh, you, lovely. as yeah. promised. You can well, vote for yeah, your yeah. favourites on Twitter. We'll have a couple of semi-finals and a final, but we need to play you the clips first. So here they are. So yes, six we'll have for you, which will uh, whittle down to a winner via two semi-finals and a final at T S H and J. That's T S H A N D J. We'll arrive at winner by four, and we'll bring you the winning clip once again at uh, four o'clock this afternoon. I think anything of the month at the moment has to be run by won by Eric Lamella, doesn't it? I think Eric Lamella is going to win, even though he's not in it. So uh, we begin with a caller to the sports bar. Raj, he's a Liverpool fan. He's up next. Hello, Raj. All right, Raj. Hello, hello, Mr. Kandi. Hello, Raj. Hello, can I call you back because um, I got customer, okay? <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, <laughs> you got a business to run, Raj. We <laughs> yeah, understand. Fully understand. Just bad timing, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there was good news for Clips fans in March as legendary newsreader Daisy Gray returned and she really got down with the kids. Buckingham Palace is remaining silent after Meghan and Harry's bombshell interview with Oprah Winfrey aired in the UK. In it... <laughs> in, it. in it, in it. Yeah, they won't be pleased, will they? Uh, this was uh, a very own Kate Partridge watching Reading versus QPR. Reading, just a couple of minutes ago, thought they'd had an equaliser. A Michael Ali's corner after a lot of footwork pinging to it across the the goal. That just one second, he's coming for an attack in here. There's Mate. He's in on goal. Now that oh. Could he put the goal? Has he gone through the net? It has. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to transcribe that. It would take some. It would take some doing, wouldn't it? Quite, quite a bit of doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was Alan Brazil setting up a racing theme feature. We've set producer Georgie by the task of figuring out how to do this correctly at home. He's he's roped in some experts to help him recreate the Cheltenham experience perfectly from his sofa, his settee. Sorry, what was that, Al? <laughs> Perfectly from his sofa. It's a tea. It's a tea. That's uh, beautiful. <laughs> but I think he's saying perfectly from, but you'd never know. No. It's quite tricky. Uh, Mark Saggers now previewing England v San Marino. Dean, it's been great to have you with us as well. Pleasure. Real Pleasure game. It was a proper cup tie and, and really enjoyable right the way through. Jim will be back next with us on Talk Sport Thursday night at Wembley. Absolutely. With Stuart Piss. Not sure that's right, actually. <laughs> Don't you may have mis- mispronounced that one, Seggs. And uh, finally, it is Andy Goldstein and Jason Cundy on the sports bar taking a call. Abdul joins Abdul. us. Bar- in Barcelona, Abdul. Abdul? No, from Slough. Close. <laughs> that, that, that's a corker. Beautiful comic timing there from Abdul. I mean, Slough. So, did you like um, Raj? You had a customer on the sports bar. Did you like um, Daisy Gray getting down with the kids? Maybe it was Kate Partridge at Reading versus QPR as the goal went in. Big Al. Uh, with a bit of old frontier gibberish. Um, Mark Saggers mispronouncing Stuart Pierce, uh, or was it Andy and Jason with uh, uh, Abdul from Slough? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from TalkSport. One of the things, as we look back on this pretty remarkable year or so, uh, will be those slightly eggy moments uh, when you see somebody you know, you thrust out a hand, you kind of turn it into a fist, or you proffer an elbow. It's all a bit eggy. Neither of you <laughs> not quite know what to do. Uh, we miss the handshake. Uh, just we just Everybody's become, mm. of course, so used to it over thousands of years. If that is indeed how long we've been shaking hands. Uh, thankfully, we can find out and talk about its significance, not just uh, in sport, but uh, in every other walk of life. Uh, uh, Ella Al-Shamahi has written uh, The Handshake, A Gripping History. She is a paleoanthropologist, an evolutionary biologist, an explorer and a stand-up comic. Not, I don't know many stand-up <laughs> comics who, who managed to uh, bring us the other three as well. Uh, Ella, good afternoon. Hey. I imagine you're a bit of a nightmare in the front row of a comedy club, aren't you, where the comedian says, uh, uh, where are you from, what do you do? And you say, I'm a paleoanthropologist. They say, OK, what about the bloke in... Ro- yeah, I mean, it's not a difficult... It's quite hard to work with in terms of uh, comedy, isn't it? No, it's not easy. It's also not easy sometimes on stage because uh, I think when I first started, people thought I was a character act. Cause they, <laughs> they couldn't believe my, uh, yeah, what I did for a living. I was like, no, no, this, this is just me, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. It's it's a it's a lovely it's, look. It's a it's a lovely, but it's a fascinating uh, uh, story and a subject as well. Especially probably now more than ever in light of what's yeah. been going on. And maybe we should get a look. Who were the first? Did you manage to discover when did the handshake start, Ella? Yes, so uh, actually in the book I argue that the handshake is at least 7 million years old um, wow. and that's, that's uh, yeah, I mean some people think that might just be kind of out of my head but this is because chimps and bonobos shake hands they, they shake hands and it has a very very similar meaning to our own handshake um, in fact there's a primatologist called Kat Hobater who studied them and she showed that um, well, it can even mean let's make up so she's got this great footage of these two chimps kind of going at each other in a fight and then sheepishly walking up to each other like teenagers to shake hands to like be like, fine, fine, we'll get over it. <laughs> um, and it's just absolutely wonderful. And there's a, there's a lot of things like that. And you think, well, if we shake hands and if chimps and bonobos shake, hand, shake, shake hands, they're all our closest relatives. So it would make sense that that's by descent as opposed to, you know, just randomly um, appearing. Um, and our common ancestor existed seven million years ago. So my theory is that it's been, you know, around for at least that long. Presumably you wrote this because of the demise of the handshake, and uh, would that be correct? Yes, you know, I'm not clairvoyant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, that inspired you to do it. But, I mean, it's quite interesting that because people judge people by their handshake, don't they? They'll say, he's got a firm handshake, he's got a wet handshake, he's, got a bit, he's a bit limp, you know. So it becomes a sort of judgment thing that we, we won't have anymore. Yeah, well, I think I, I think it will come back. I think all the evidence suggests that it will come back. So, that, you know, this isn't the first pandemic or epidemic to kill the handshake. There's been so many examples all over the world. Um, you know, the Spanish flu killed it. Uh, in fact, in Prescott, Arizona, they actually made the handshake illegal. In Baku, Azerbaijan, at the end of the 1800s, there was a cholera outbreak and people formed an anti-handshake society. <laughs> you'd wear like a pin and you'd identify yourself and you'd have to pay a few rubles every time you forgot and shook someone's hand. Um, and, you know, all of those cases and many, many more comes back. So I think it will come back. Um, and, and so we, we, you know, we have that judgment to look forward to again. Um, and you're right, there's so much judgment in it. And, um, you know, you hear people say, oh, it's the most important thing in an interview. You hear business people say this or, or coaches. And, and I, I don't buy that at all because I just think if you're turning up to an interview and you, anything you're bringing is a decent handshake um, as opposed to, you know, like a good CV or mm. just appropriate qualifications, I'm, uh, yeah, no, I'm not buying that at all. 
And the power trip aspect of it, as we saw with, with Donald Trump and others. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a football club chairman I know that would not thrust out the hand, kind of just sort of offer the hand, but you've got to come into their space. It's all about coming to them for their handshake. As a, do you know what I mean? There is a real sort of power trip thing about it, isn't there? Exactly, exactly. And uh, I think the handshake is about, you know, it's about quality, right? It's about peace between two people. Um, uh, you know, in the, in the medieval times, there's so many, like, greetings that were about hierarchy, and this isn't about hierarchy. And so when you saw what Trump was doing, it just looked really odd. And then he, he was kind of doing this with loads of world leaders, and it just looked terrible. And then he met Emmanuel Macron, who tried to basically best him at that. So he ended up with this 27, 29-second handshake. It was just <laughs> awful. Yeah. And it just looked like, you know, a PG version of, you know, swinging of stuff. It was just like, what is going on? It, it was just, no, it was horrible. Mm. Um and, you know, at the end of the day, there are so many different greetings around the world. Um, and the handshake is kind of really just one of them. Um, but it's, it's supposed to be the, a really straightforward one. <laughs> you know, like in yeah. Liberia, there's the Liberian finger snap where you shake hands and you snap your fingers afterwards. In parts of the Gulf um, Arab kind of world, you shake hands. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Let's hope they don't right. take off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to put the fist bump into perspective. The, I mean, you... you You've looked at some of the others, uh, Ella, as well, haven't you? I mean, I just hope the handshake does come back because uh, the Regency Bower curtsy, I, I, that's going to be... Um, I mean, because, yeah, yeah, that's all the... Or some of the others, jazz hands. I don't want to walk around constantly in the future doing jazz hands when I don't need oh, to. No, but, but uh, yeah, you've looked... I mean, people have found alternatives which are a bit you know, allowed to socially distance, but none of them quite make up for a good old-fashioned handshake, do they? No, no. I think, um, I don't know what your favourite is, but my best alternative is the foot tap, which, um, you know, I like because it maintains a bit more distance, although technically you're still within six feet. So unless you're Peter Crouch, you know, it's not really... <laughs> 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 um, but it's, it's, you know, there's nothing like it is the handshake. You've also got, though, of course, the etiquette of the handshake refusal. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, you know, especially in sport is considered... Especially you know, in football. Sport. I mean, you, can, you know, you can oh, yeah. kind of... You can say questionable things about another manager's family. You could you could do all sorts of appalling things. It's a bit like don't step on my blue suede shoes, isn't it? But if you if you refuse a handshake after the game, you're not there for the handshake. It's a sort of heinous crime, isn't it? Yeah. And, and of course, there's a very, very famous version of that. There's the John Terry, um, you know... Wayne Bridge, where, yes. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, I mean, people were taking bets on that. And I think one of the saddest things about that is Wayne Bridge, years later, said, you know, the thing that I'm, like, I'm, I'm really, like, gutted, essentially, that I'm remembered not for my football, but for refusing to shake a guy's hand. And it's kind of quite tragic, isn't it, really? But, um, you know, that was a whole nation watching, right, to see if that handshake was going to take place. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. And, of course, the Great British Bake Off, finally, they've made a cult of the Hollywood handshake. It's become... It's, that's you know, hugely uh, symbolic. Once they, once they, you've really... You know you've arrived if you get like, the poor yeah, Hollywood much. handshake. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, I think there's... So the handshakes... Obviously, some people have these amazing handshakes, but, you know, we see the handshake every so often appear as well. These, like, really, really incredible mm. moments. So there's Princess Diana, for example, shaking the unnamed AIDS patient's hand, which was you know, shocking at the time, really revolutionary. Um, there's handshakes which have kind of, you know, helped heal a nation a little bit, like the one between Nelson Mandela and Francois Pina. Um, that's, I mean, you know, people kind of forget how 
at the time, a lot of white South Africans thought Nelson Mandela was a terrorist and a lot of um, black South Africans hated the Springboks because they thought they were like a symbol of hate. And, you know, Nelson Mandela walks into the stadium and he's wearing their colours and he goes and shakes Francois's hand. And by the end of the game, there's like 63,000 people, I think, in the stadium, 62,000 are white. They're all shouting Nelson Mandela's name. It's such a, a moment of, of national healing after apartheid. Mm, so that's absolutely, context, yeah. You know, I, wonder if, I wonder if the handshake will become more significant when it returns. You know, we'll, we'll kind of... We'll shake someone's hand. We'll go double hand because we've not done it for so long. Or we'll we'll move in for a hug. You know, we'll become less reserved than maybe we are in this country at times about that because it's been such a long time and we've we've known we've not been able. It's a sign of freedom, isn't it? Hopefully, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't know how you're going to be in your first few handshakes. But I think my first ones they're going to go from handshaking to hand holding. Yeah. <laughs> not let go of the person's hand. I'm so happy that I'm being touched. You know. <laughs> no, I think, uh, and I think as well, it could be quite awkward, isn't it? Realistically, the first year or two, mm. there'll be still quite a few people that are not going to want to shake hands. Um, yeah. Even even if we get COVID under control, I think there'll be quite a few people that are still very nervous for a while. And I think, you know, it's just going to be a lot of awkward encounters, which I think we're going to have to get ready for. Yeah. But if, if people want to shake my hand, I'm, I'm all for it at this point. <laughs> I mean, not not today, but like, you know, in a few months. <laughs> well, okay. Ella, we wish you well with the book. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really, really interesting. So uh, thanks for joining us. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Then your winner of the Clips of the Month, 57% of the vote, it was Kate Partridge at Reading. Reading, just a couple of minutes ago, thought they'd had an equaliser. A Michael Ali's corner after a lot of footwork pinging to it across the... the goal that just one second he's coming for an attack in here there's matey he's in on goal now that oh could he put the goal no, has he gone through the net it has <laughs> very rare that sort of thing kate's not that was just an aberration but uh, anyway she has won the uh, clips of the month the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast there we are that was uh, this afternoon's show i'll be back alongside uh, max tomorrow and he will be with us on thursday along with jeff peters for a birthday spread and he'll be with me in the studio on Friday. If you can listen from one uh, tomorrow, that would be great. If not, the podcast will be available as always around five. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.